Hey everybody, before we start, just wanted to let you know there was a few technical difficulties during the show. Brandy's video froze a few times, so there might be a little bit of a gap in the conversation. Welcome to Infinite Trek, where we cover everything Star Trek. From animated to live action, comics to novels, from games to real life tech. If it's Star Trek, or even Star Trek adjacent, it's here. So get ready to talk about Trek no matter what your knowledge level is. Whether you've been watching since the 1960s or just discovered Star Trek 47 minutes ago, we, we welcome, welcome you. you. Fellow Primes, this witness has been brought before you to speak the truth about the Star Trek Lower Decks episode, Veritas. You will speak only into the mic of candor. This mic, our most sacred mic, you must only speak the truth. The first to give testimony is Infinite Trek host, Brandy Jackola. Uh, I don't know what you want me to say. The truth. <laughs> okay, I'm broke. <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome. Welcome to that very jarring introduction. <laughs> no, <laughs> really I like it. Why would you have watched us if you hadn't? Ah, I was to totally. In huh? I was totally into it. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Good morning, Brandy. How are you doing? I am fine, as fine as can be, living in a world that's a dumpster fire. Yes. <laughs> it's like the doctor uh, was like, it's like, how are you doing? I'm doing all right. It's like, okay, you know. When Donna knew that that meant not good. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. No, it's uh, yeah. This is this is one of those bright spots in my life where I get to talk yes. about Trek with Yay. with friends, and so yes, this is this is a good thing. So right now I'm great. yes, no, I'm yeah, and I've actually had a a fairly decent week. We aren't on to fire. We did not have an earthquake. So excellent, That's excellent. It's you know it's sad when you have to judge how your week was by whether there was not an earthquake quake and you're not on fire. Yeah. That's not okay. No, actually I, this week I was on two liars, which is a show on outpost 13, which is a game show where you have three people per team. Two people are lying and one person's telling the truth. So they have, you know, you'll get a statement like I was left behind on a trip and then, two people are telling the, or one person's telling the truth and two people are lying. And I actually convinced somebody that I was telling the truth, but I was not, I have never been left behind on a trip. The person who was telling the truth, I believe was the person who was left in Paris, <laughs> which is, I guess the place to be left. That would be fun, but yeah. Not necessarily. Not if you don't speak the language. Oh, I think she did. Okay. Well then that's yeah. all right. But even so. <laughs> no, but that was, a, that was a whole lot of fun. And I'm hoping to, to go back on that at some point. So. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. It's uh it's amazing what you like you're like okay, I can't come up with a story and suddenly it's like I have a story and you have, like find the right details and it just you know fill it all in and like wow, that In real life I can tell the truth and people still think I'm lying. So I don't have a face apparently that that only works when I'm attempting to do it but not when I'm trying to tell the truth. <laughs> Yeah, well, that, that's the funny thing about lying. If you're trying to construct a lie, you go with things that are partially true and mm -hmm. you build from there yep. so that it sounds plausible. You take a nugget of truth and then you can't put mm -hmm. too much truth into it, though, because after a while, mm -hmm. then then it's confusing. Like, who is telling the truth? You don't know. 
not even you. Not even you. Yeah, exactly. After a while, you. I think I'm. I actually am telling the truth. That would be hilarious. We're all telling the truth. Uh, what? That's not what? fair. Who? Yeah. What? <laughs> but yeah, so that was that was a fun fun bit today, or fun uh, fun thing to do this week. But I am excited to talk about this episode because this episode is jam packed of all sorts of fun stuff. It's. I wouldn't say it's like a morally dense episode, but mm. it is a very fun uh, take on, you know, a trial episode and, you know, almost like a clip show in some ways, but with things you haven't seen, you know, it's just. Exactly. Well, yeah. what I, what I likened it to, but done in a good way is I likened it to one of those episodes of television, which I absolutely abhor when they start with something really dramatic and you're like, wait, what, how did this happen? And then it goes yeah. 24 hours earlier. Ugh. Oh my God, please stop. That doing started with that. Lost and Battlestar Galactica. I think those were the two. And just like it, that, that's a, a thing that need to have died in like 2010. Yes, because here's the thing. You see that scene, right? And then mm -hmm. you spend the rest of the episode getting up to that scene. And then that scene is not exactly how they showed it to you in the beginning. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's anticlimactic the same way that Best of Both Worlds Part 2 was just like, are you <laughs> kidding me? I waited three months for this. And it was done in 10 minutes. That's what mm -hmm. I, the, the TNG two-parters in my recollection had the issue of like you waited you waited you waited it resolved in just a few minutes and the rest of it felt like filler so yeah i think the only two up two-parter episode i thought that in all of star trek up until you know discovery which is not really a two-part but that was a continuing story um is that uh, uh the and voyager episode of um future's end mm. where it felt like everything that they did had a point and it was advancing a story you might not love the story but at least there wasn't like just sort of well let me recap what happened and then we'll wander around for a little bit and be done yeah um, i just so. i hate that i th I feel like it's lazy yeah. storytelling and when you it's get like, to that point it, that's that isn't even as interesting or as important as it was when you first saw it so mm -mm. it feels like it's a cheat in some ways like we're yes. going to we can't have real drama so we're going to manufacture drama and then build back up to it and it'll be like, yeah. Meh. And that scene, which is never the same as the way you saw it at yeah. the beginning of the episode is resolved in like two seconds. So, and then you're just like, so whenever that happens on television, I'm just like, Oh, not again. <laughs> I hate it. You should have, you should have been in our household when, when, you know, that would come up in our, our my roommate and like whoever was watching it was like, no, no, <laughs> like throw things at the TV. Mm -mm. It's lazy. Yeah. It's lazy. Yeah. I mean, it's great when it did work occasionally, but it's something that's overused. I think that's the problem. You can for, use it. For me, it has never worked. Ah. For me, it has always been just a cheap way to build drama and excitement without really giving you a payoff for that moment when it actually does happen in mm -hmm. the context of the story. Yeah. That's just how I feel. And you're totally welcome to that feeling. Yes, thank you. My opinions are valid because they are mine. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's our show for today. No, <laughs> yes. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, should we dive into uh, this episode, Veritas? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to belly flop into this one. I love it so much. I'm willing to take that pain <laughs> and just belly flop right into it. Drumhead. 
<laughs> yeah. Oh, that was great. Mm-hmm. But we've skipped way ahead to the end. Yeah. Oh, sorry. There's sorry your, there's your, now let's go to 22 minutes earlier. Yes. 22 <laughs> minutes earlier. We've manufactured drama. So. Well, that's, that's what I see. The, the thing that I learned in creative writing is that you get, you start your story as late as possible and you end it as early as possible. And this episode does that very well as far as st yeah. starting it as late as possible. We don't need yeah. to know how they got there and right. the cold open is very dramatic and they're in the what looks like a dungeon and then they're being raised up into what what we don't know until after the I can't be having a pottery class at 0900 i know pottery is important you guys working with your hands i just love that tendy thought that they were there because she manufactured she replicated too much ice Ice. I really like ice. You know, I'm, I really like ice too. So yeah. I can identify with that. There would be times when I was a teenager where I would sit and play Tetris for hours with just a bowl of ice and I would just <laughs> chew the ice while Ooh. I was playing Tetris. Ah, uh, summers when I was 16, I had no friends <laughs> or no dating life. So that was me. <laughs> yeah. I didn't, I didn't date much then, but I had, um, yeah, I think video games were big. I also was like editing at that point, like video from our and our. I was an AV geek, so I was starting to construct uh, little taking bits and pieces of TNG and working it into like a, a, a science class presentation or something. Like I'll just use this as a, uh, you know, what was it the the one episode where they cloned Riker and Pulaski, or they were going to. Uh, oh right, right, that. and they ended up killing all the clones that were yeah. growing in the nursery. Yes, yeah, which is a little disturbing when you think about it now. Um, but yeah, so I used that about cloning and and replicative fading and all that stuff because it was actually what we were talking about in class. So I just pulled that up <laughs> and edited it. Nice. That was in an '86, I guess. It was, it was a little bit later, but yeah, that was a, so. It was. I actually, my genetics teacher in college was aware of what interest all of us. So there would be questions that would be built for like somebody who is interested in football. There'd be something about this person inherited their skills from, you know, so-and-so or whatever. But I would get ones about Star Trek. It's like, if you're, if your grandmother was Betazoid and you're you know, just like, what are the odds that you're going to be able to sense that, you know, there's danger around the corner or whatever. And then like in brackets, it's like, yes, I know it depends on the episode. Because <laughs> like, Troy no. would either completely know what was going on or not go know what's going on. My seventh grade accelerated science teacher was talking about that. So he was way ahead of his time, Mr. Herman. That's funny. Mr. Nice. Herman, best science teacher I ever had. He was from New York oh. and he used to give out <laughs> treats when you got a question right. So it's like, ah, you get a hotsy totsy. Oh, you get a pencil untouched by human hands. But Mr. Herman, you're human. No, I'm superhuman. He was amazing. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> he was amazing. Oh, that is so fun. I had a yeah. third grade teacher that was kind of like that, Mr. Dorsey. He, uh, We got to paint his car. It was like weird. Yeah, he was very artsy. He also Ooh. named his child Johnny Appleseed Dorsey, where I'm like, I don't want to be his child. So it was great to be a student, not to be in that family, I think. So I'm sure though, I, I bet that's one of those instances where it's like, oh, yeah, sure. You love my dad. It's like, but you don't have to live with him. <laughs> kind of mm -hmm. a thing. Exactly. So. Exactly. But yeah, no, I think we both had, it sounds like we've had some great teachers, which is, which is uh, very fortunate. 
and some terrible ones. Oh yeah, I've I've had I had one that was uh, said that boys just were inherently unable to learn math. Really, it's usually the opposite. Yeah, I know. Hmm. It was very interesting. Yeah, I had an algebra teacher that was named Miss Champ, and she had no idea how to teach anything. Oh, no. She would basically just read directly out of the textbook. Yee. And that she was absolutely, that's why I failed one term of algebra is because she couldn't teach it. I think it's why I don't like math. It's just, I was told I, I didn't know how to do it. So I just, that just got reinforced. Yeah. Well, algebra and math are not the same thing. No, I Despite what that, yes. people want to, right. like people lump it all together as math, but math is one thing. Algebra is another yeah. thing. Trigonometry is another thing. Geometry is yep. another thing. Calculus is another thing. They're not all math. So. But they're all terrifying. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you put letters in this? Yeah. <laughs> I don't understand. <sighs> so, yeah, well, we have once again gone off the rails before we even started. Out into the sticks, man. Out into yeah. the sticks. It's all my fault. <laughs> Join our algebra podcast next week. <laughs> Where we'll teach you actual applicable algebra instead of the stuff that you will never use for the rest of your life. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, where were we? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, so the, cold open was the thing, and this and going yeah. up, and this, then yeah. the credits, and then now they're in what looks like a courtroom. Yes. A Klingon courtroom. Uh, from Star very... Trek, uh, yeah, it looks very much like. Uh, Star Trek do you want to bring up the Easter eggs while we talk about it, or do you want to do it? Oh, sure. Kind of... Yeah, let's okay. do it. So, yeah, so we've got. Uh, We've got the Klingon trial, which we've got the overhead view, which is very similar perspective. In fact, it looks more cartoony in the undiscovered country. I don't know. It just, it's like, <laughs> it doesn't look as, the, you know, like the, the perspective. I mean, it's all, it's done with a matte painting. So it really is partially drawn. So, and then we also have the uh, slamming down of the, whatever the kind of, a, <laughs> in uh, the Klingon trial, it was kind of like a, I think that's, that's not a glove, is it? Or is it just all, maybe it is a glove. I think it's all one thing. It's thing. all okay. together. Yeah. And you put yeah. your hand in it. So. And it's got a globe and it just sparks when he is. It's, it's like a gavel for a, yeah. a human courtroom. Mm -hmm. And then the uh, the ones that, did we, oh, do we know what their race was? Did we find out? No, I don't think we yeah. did. Because we knew their planet we, name, but I don't think we. Yeah, but we, the, because the planet name was. K2 von Prime. Yeah. So maybe they're K2 Vons. <laughs> I guess. Because the only other Katuvians. Katuvians, <laughs> yes. Yeah. But he said it is is not cut. He said it's K2. Oh, yeah. K2 yeah. Von he said Prime. He, he was the, oh, that was the other thing. He was the Imperium Magistrate, which was interesting because the person who played it is uh, Kurt Woods. Yeah. <laughs> Who was in Year of Hell, which was yes. the Krenum Imperium. So I think that might have been a sly little uh, nod to, to the, yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, so he was great. It, yeah. The, I, I know people were joking. It's like, why didn't they just call him dumbass? You know, like, the, <laughs> like uh, from uh, um, that 70s show. What is wrong with my brain this morning? Well, I don't know why they didn't make a Federation president reference. Oh, that would have been good, too. Yeah. That's also Star Trek. What does this guy think he is? The Federation president? <laughs> yeah. Yes. That would have been good. Loved that. 
See, we should write on this show. No. We totally should. No, no yeah. I'm not capable of that. I'm not that clever. I think I'd be good with ideas. I think it's the whole like, okay, now I've got to construct an act and and bring this from this point to that point. That's where I just like, no, nah, I'm bored now. <laughs> yeah. If if the, people could just hook something up to my brain and then I could visualize it and not have to write oh, yeah. it down, I'd probably do all right. We can but, talk about that next week. <laughs> okay. Yes. <laughs> she says, yes. Okay. <laughs> you didn't hear any of that. Nope. Not a word. No. Uh, so, yeah. So they are in this, this trial-like you know, there's the assumption that it's a trial. So they're moving forward. And he basically wants to know the events of a specific star date. I don't yeah. remember the star date. It doesn't really matter. I didn't uh, write it down either. Yeah. It's just, you know, numbers. Doesn't At the end, he goes, point one. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> uh, really that one? <laughs> but oh, he no, does was, say, was, yeah, he does say, Tell us of these wondrous events. So yes. there is that clue mm -hmm. that maybe this isn't a trial, but it just kind of floats over and you don't really, your brain doesn't really hook onto that the first time around. Repeated viewings, yes, but not the first time. Yeah. Oh, sorry. So um, <laughs> I was like, you're like, I was waiting for you to talk. Yeah. I was like, talk into the mic of candor. Uh, <laughs> Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that that there's a line that Tandy delivers that I did a double take because I swore that could have been Brandy because she does that. That was very you funny. weren't. You're apparently not the only one. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that. Yeah, in the Positively Trek uh, Facebook group, uh, a lovely person named Tristan posted up there on the second way through on multiple viewings. He could have sworn that it was just me going. Yes, that's correct. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it is. You never know. Uh, um, I would know. <laughs> yeah, you would know. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't me. But, but I, am, I am available. I am available. Um, anyone who's listening, if you want someone to do some voiceovers, I can I hear do occasionally <laughs> people from the show do listen, so you never know. Just saying, you know, even yeah. if it's only a bit parts and I just, you know. You could be Jennifer the Andorian. <laughs> yes. That I would love that. That would be it's great. Like, I get to be an Andorian. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't have to uh, sit through makeup. Yeah. Dan in the chat room says, uh, it was Brandy. She just signed an NDA. That's I can neither confirm nor deny. <laughs> That's I should have worn my pin today that has it's uh, I do all my best work under NDA. Mm -hmm. I had that when I was writing the book. Oh, speaking of pins, I was supposed to have my Rutherford pin by now, but it won't be coming till Monday. So I put a sticker that looks like Rutherford <laughs> on my shirt. And then you also chose Rutherford. How weird, right? I know. We didn't plan <laughs> this at all. No. We didn't. We really didn't. We we before the show, a little how the sausage is made. We we talk about 15 minutes before the show and quite frequently go, Oh crap, we have to put the, the lobby up because it's, yeah. we've been, we get into our conversation right away. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, so we were talking and I, I showed her the pin and, or the, the fake pin and she's like, look what I have. So, but no, I, I ordered the entire set. So it should be here Monday. So I have my, my choice of, of all the characters. And if you want to order a fan set, uh, pin set of you can get the entire set of the lower decks characters or you can buy them individually and there is way beyond just star trek there is uh 
things from Erwin Allen, which I was just like, to me, it was great because it seems obscure in some way. Like no one's going to really want clamoring for a uh, time tunnel pin or something like that. So I think that's great that that stuff is there. Um, there's also yeah, superheroes and yeah, DC stuff uh, and Firefly yeah. stuff and alien yes. stuff. There's alien stuff there that I did not see. Nope. And Brandy's froze. This happens once in a while. Oh, uh, heck, so I'm back. Oh, you're back. Hey. <laughs> I was going to say, in the meantime, I'll just talk about our exclusive discount code for fan sets. I'll turn into a commercial. Uh, it's Infinite Trek, all one word, and it's good for 15% off your order. And I, I put it to use, so I'm I'm waiting for my pins to arrive. Yes, I have put it to use a few times now. So, I'm like I said, I'm working my way through all of the women pins that they have. That's cool. And uh, when I when I get all of those, then I'll start working on the guys again. But right now, it's focused on the women. Well, you got a guy was, at least with the, the group. Yes. Oh, yes. And I I was just so happy that they finally put the number one pin out. And by number one, I'm talking about Rebecca Remains number one. I was like, what are we talking about? Which one? <laughs> yes, not the dog, not the dog, but the Rebecca Romaine. Well, there's also one. the original. Do they have the original one? I thought that no. Okay. That's cool. So you could have yes. what you could wear is the Rebecca Romaine pin, uh, a Riker pin, and a Jack um, Ransom pin, and you could have all the number ones. Right. That'd and then a Tapal, then my Tapal pin. Oh, yep. Because she's essentially number one. I don't have a Chicote yet, so I can't do that. Oh yeah. I do I have Spock. Um, yeah, mm, I have cool. almost all of them already. Nice. So yeah, so that was our, our little break of a commercial. Sorry. Totally organic. Yes. <laughs> Actually, it was. Um, so yeah, that was, uh, where are we at? We, so Mariner is basically Court telling room. the story yeah. of like, mm -hmm. yeah, of what, you know, she goes, we're just, you know, we were, we were hanging out. I mean, doing work in the repair <laughs> bay. I just love how her voice goes into, now I'm telling a story. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> I, I, Tawny did a really great job with the inflections and the the storytelling. Oh, she's very and good at that. Yes. We go into a uh basically a an argument between Mariner and and uh Boimler about who's the biggest badass. Either Rogadanar, who is from the TNG episode The Hunted, or Khan. And uh Tendi wants to talk about Khan's thick thick chest. Um, yep. Yeah. Oh yeah. I do too. But she has. She's like, <laughs> I have to pee, which I always think of now that she's going to be off coding something. If she actually, because that's what she was doing most of the time when she was coding the dog. Oh, <laughs> and another freeze frame. Well, I will just continue uh, talking a little bit. Where basically they had, um, they were going back and forth about Rogadanar, and I think what's interesting is that if I'm going to choose between the two, I'm going to choose Rogadanar because Rogadanar beat Picard, and got what he wanted. Khan lost twice to a genetically inferior human. Hey, and you're back. I am back. I heard most of what you said, even. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, we had that conversation earlier, so I thought you could just kind of hop into that. Yeah, no. Uh, here's The thing is is that uh, Roga Daynar had very good reason to be upset, and I understood his cause. His methods don't agree with, but yeah. sometimes you... If nothing else works. And whereas Khan was just a D 
dictator. True. Just yeah. evil, evil, evil. He was evil. He was so consumed with revenge that uh, there's there's just nothing redeeming there. Whereas Rodinara, to Darren Mack in the chat room, by the way. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So yeah, he, he. There's definitely just the 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 legitimacy of what they were fighting for on both sides. I think. Well, Khan was just it, it was just a grudge essentially. Like you dumped me on this yeah. planet. Now I'm angry. But yeah, and it was like it was he was trying to say it was about his people, but he he didn't care. He didn't care no. about his people. He no. cared about his revenge, whereas Rogadena actually cared about his people. So yeah, uh, but the the thing that the Tendi was referencing is there's this whole like rumor at the time that Khan the Khan that that Ricardo Montalban was wearing like a plastic chest that wasn't not mm -mm. his chest and mm -mm. and the the uh, the director's just like no like you you haven't seen, like. There's one big peck and another big peck. <laughs> just like talking about how I remember that way back then. It was just that was a thing. Um, but yeah, no, that was he. He was just a very in shape 60 year old. Yes. Yes, he was. He had he had always been in shape. Always. He was yeah. he wasn't what I would call a bodybuilder, but he lifted weights and he kept himself very fit. Yeah. So, yeah. Yep. Yes. So. <laughs> just. Mm. I, mm -hmm. I thought Rogadanar was cute at the time. So yeah, we both had never, something to look at. <laughs> yeah, he never really did it for me that way, but Ricardo Montalban yeah. always did. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. I like the whole idea of uh, his hair being the, the <laughs> thing that Boimler remembers. <laughs> he had great hair. He did have great hair. Yes. So when Tendi leaves to go use the restroom, you hear a little bit of noise, and then she comes back. She goes, Hey, we're in red alert. Like and Rutherford's like, no, 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 no. If we were in red alert, we'd know because I messed with the speakers to make them even louder. And they're like, You messed with the red alert speakers? <laughs> and they open the door and it's like, oh my god, it's red alert everywhere but here. <laughs> <laughs> Just people running to and fro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, uh, why did it have to be today that we have bridge duty? Yeah, so they're they're basically buttoning up their clothes and the tops of their their uniforms as they're in the turbo lift headed up to the bridge. And I love when they actually get there, how they kind of sneak in and like crawl and just like, <laughs> like oh yep. we've been here the whole time, and which is good because the captain was distracted. Um, yeah, basically. well, she was arguing with this uh, this clicket captain, and yes. they were trying not to draw focus from that yeah but so they kind of just they're like crawling to their <laughs> seats and then just sliding up in there we've always yep. been here yes mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, when on the way up they were talking about they did not want to like get thrown off the ship for this because if they did they'd have to go to earth where the only thing to do is drink wine and hang out at vineyards and soul food restaurants <laughs> which is a reference to picard's vineyard and cisco's Creole kitchen, which is something mm -hmm. we talked about as well. Soul food and Creole food, or Creole food, I can't say it, are not the same thing. Not even remotely. So, the only thing that we can come up with is, is that Mariner basically just doesn't pay attention to a lot of things and it's close enough for her. Yeah, she just doesn't care. And so yeah. if she doesn't care, she's not going to get it right. And it's interesting that People are like, you know, how how does she know all this? Or why is these specific references? Because it seems like, oh, does she watch Star Trek? But 
we have to re- i know like, we have to remember that she is a basically an army brat she grew up with her her mom as a captain her dad's an admiral so i'm sure she was drugged to all of these places as a kid like okay we have to go you know meet this picard guy and you know she's running around in the vineyard as a little kid or something like that and bored to death um and then they go have you know some meal with with cisco or something like that i i that for me i can fill that in without too much trouble there's nothing that she's mentioned that couldn't have been discovered through either records or just her parents telling stories right so and apparently q shows up everywhere so that brings joy to my heart yes. <laughs> to know it's not just the Enterprise. And in, in fact, or Voyager. He's, bored, bored, he's bored with the Enterprise. Well, he shows up the yeah. most on Enterprise, let's be fair. Does he? I thought he... How many times did he show up on Voyager? I don't know. Patrick can tell us. <laughs> Patrick in the chat. How many times did Q That's show true. up That's true. He's, on he's Voyager? our Voyager expert. Yes, he is. Uh, and it. and speaking of people who uh, showing up uh, three times. Okay, so told you he'd know. <laughs> yep. Now, how many times did you show up on TNG? <laughs> um, Probably first more than episode, three. And there was the one where he made him Robin Hood. There was the one where he turned Wesley into a man. There was oh yeah the time where he took Picard oh, yeah, yeah. back in time. So okay, yeah, he's okay. been. It's Seven or eight, Aaron says. Yeah, mostly the Enterprise. Okay, I feel like he he like just likes to hang out with Janeway. Like he's got an affinity for her. You know, yeah, I think not that's like true. in a, you know, not in like the way with Picard, but it's just more. It's more like I don't know. It's it's. I think because the actors actually know each other, you get that mm-hmm. feeling that it's almost like a brother sister kind of relationship. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, yeah, and well, okay, Star Wars brother, <laughs> yeah, because he he infers that he would hit that if she would give him the chance. Yeah, but then I think it evolves into a grudging <laughs> yes. respect sort of thing. Yeah, especially because he like puts them a little closer to home, or doesn't like I'm not going to give it all to you because I know that you won't accept that. So here's a little bit to mm-hmm. help you, which I thought was cool. Yes, agreed. this is our part of the podcast that we talk about Voyager. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hey, it's infinite, it infinite trek, trek, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Deal with it. <laughs> uh, so uh, the, the bug captain was done by Kenneth Mitchell. Yay! So, and who's quickly becoming the the uh, Jeffrey Combs of the 21st century. Or Von Armstrong. Von Armstrong actually Armstrong. has, I think, one more character than Jeffrey really? Combs has done. Yeah, he, he's done that. a lot. Wow. A lot, a lot, a lot. So yeah, so he's played what uh, three different races three now? Different, three different Klingons. Three Klingons. And now the Clicket, the guard at the museum, and the one of the Romulans. Guard. Yeah. So yeah, so he's he's getting up there. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. So mm-hmm. basically, they're the. Uh, uh, Captain Freeman beams back from the Clicket ship with a map of the neutral zone. And apparently she said, you know, I thank you, basically. And their version of gratitude is apparently not our version of gratitude. And so he was just very angry that they said thank you. Mm. Um, And I love that Mariner's like, uh, you know, send them uh, send them a message. And and Tendi or Teddy, what I'm saying, (laughs) it's like Mariner just fires a, a warning shot. It's like, I said, send them a message. It's like, 
It's like that doesn't mean lasers. Yes, it does. <laughs> and then send them a, a message to invite them invite to dinner. dinner. <laughs> I totally messed that lineup. Uh, and that kind of feels like it's a little callback to Star Trek Six as well because they had the Klingons invited to dinner. Mm-hmm. So, a little bit. yeah. <laughs> there few, there's more than a few references to Star Trek Six. Yeah. And then it free like they they get fired back on, and it just does that freeze frame that they've used in the very I think the first episode when Boimler is talking about how you know they don't know as much as or they they anyway um so they used a, a repeated effect which I thought was great that was a nice callback um and he's like wait 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 you expect me to believe <laughs> I love that the 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 uh, not a trial lawyer uh mm-hmm. basically is convinced that like Clar uh that he is that there are totally making that up mm-hmm. he and i know that i've heard this uh mentioned a couple times from other people that they think it might be a sly reference to the people who don't like new star trek because these characters have flaws and that they you know starfleet officers always know exactly what they're doing they're always good and you know they never make a mistake and that's not how life works and it isn't how all of the other star treks worked either it was Mm -mm. just sometimes a more sanitized version of what we saw because of actual television rules and regulations as far as you know and sponsors sponsors sponsors. had a lot to do with that in the 60s a lot to do with it yep well even with the like the animated series some of the stuff that they they got away with by just tweaking something, you know, they, they wanted to have essentially star Trek five. They were going to meet God at the center of the universe. And they're like, no, 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 you cannot possibly do that. And you know, the, the sensors, everybody flipped out. So they made it the devil. Oh, that was fine. Like what? That doesn't even make sense. Like, so I think a couple uh, TV stations got bulked at it and they got a couple calls, but majority of the calls were not, there were they didn't have anything from that, which is crazy. And Brandy is not just concentrating, she is also frozen again. <laughs> and she's back. <laughs> Seriously. What the hell, internet? You need to stop updating your implant during the well, show. <laughs> I need to stop doing that while I'm conscious. Yeah, yeah. got it. <laughs> <laughs> so actually, that, that kind of brings us to our next person in this this three-piece oh, no, story we have to talk oh, about have... the eels oh yes uh she is held in contempt of eels is that right it's called yeah <laughs> yep yep the, she's the beam that over. is holding the rest of the crew uh now picks her up and dangles her over this tank of eels hmm. oh, oh we honest, got eels here <laughs> yeah it, it reminded me actually of the princess bride but <laughs> that's beside the point oh, i'm in it this is the, uh, embarrassing um uh, kind of thing about my my television and movie viewing. I've only seen part of The Princess Bride when it came out. And I've never okay. gone back and watched it. But now everybody I know makes references to this, so I have to sit down and watch it. So we're going to do uh, at Outpost 13, we're having a kind of a I can't believe you didn't see movie marathon. So I've I'm somebody's going to see uh, Escape from New York I'm going to see the princess bride. Yeah. So there's just, yeah, it is going to be fun. So we're going to just have a, a, a weekend of, of watching movies that some of us haven't ever seen or all the way through. Yeah. Well, it's, it's funny because there's, um, 
You know what? Just watch the movie and you'll understand why I think that reference works on more okay. than one level. So great. So <laughs> yeah, so she's suspended over the eels as uh, Rutherford comes forward. And he's excited because he has perfect recall because of his implant. And then the star date that he's asked for is like, oh, are you sure you want that one? I've got a lot of other Starfleet uh, and a lot of other uh, references and dates in there. It's like, I want the one I asked for. That's <laughs> great. And it's funny because when you when you watch these in retrospect, he's not very lawyer like the way he's, he's yelling at them. Yeah. So it is more like, I'm just asking you a question. Why aren't you answering me? Mm -hmm. <laughs> just a very weird way. Uh, do you want to talk about Rutherford's uh, plot line? Oh, Rutherford. Yeah. He's, uh, <laughs> what, what is he doing? He is, I wrote this down, rotating EPS capacitors because they uh -huh. overheat if they're in the same position for too long. Yep. And he's rotating all those. And he's Everyone singing a little that. song a la Boimler doing the yeah. purge, put in an urge. He's doing it about EPS, uh, EPS. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so uh, Billups <laughs> and Shax come up to him and say yes. if he has technical repair manuals for Romulan ships, and he's like, uh, it's a, it's no. a very non sequitur. Yeah, <laughs> very. He's like, uh, no. Well, can you download it? Yeah, I usually update when I'm asleep, though, because if I do it when I'm conscious, and they just interrupt him, they're like, you have yeah. to do this right now, right now, do it, download do it, now. it right now. That's an order. <laughs> Now. And so he does, and it's uh, it's updating, and then it says uh, restart in five, four. And it, I swear that that voice of his implant is Rutherford's voice. It is. It, yes. it sounds like it Rutherford. has to be. Yeah, I'm, I'm, so, I agree with you. Yeah. And uh, so, and then he blacks out. And when he wakes up, he's in a completely different place in different clothes. Yes. And he's there's like two unconscious Vulcans on the <laughs> They are inside of a uh, a shuttle that we mm -hmm. actually saw in Star Trek the Motion Picture. It was the long range shuttle Surak, or yep. some people call it a warp sled. It's basically the thing that Spock came to the Enterprise uh, in the middle of uh, transit. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so they're inside of that. Yeah, <laughs> Spock and, and Spock are are on the ground. <laughs> Because Shaq can't be bothered to think of another Klingon name. It's just always going to be Spock. All, all Vulcan. Vulcan names, excuse me. Yeah. All Vulcans are Spock. So yeah. that was hilarious because that is There's no Shaq. racism or speciesism there. <laughs> Not at all. He's just too lazy. He doesn't have yeah. time for that. He doesn't have time for that. He's got things to do. And he's, <laughs> he's telling Rutherford what a great job he did doing that Vulcan neck pinch. He's like, I don't know how to do that. <laughs> Apparently he does now. Well, his, calls... it is a Vulcan implant. It probably has yes. that kind of stuff is really probably built right in. I agree. That was the first thing I thought. Yeah. And uh, and Shax calls him baby bear. Yes. Which is so cute. We also he, for find... a, a brief period of time, he was actually doing that job. Yep. I, I And I forgot to mention before we went into his flashback, uh, He we found out his full name is Samantha. Samantha. Yes. I was going to bring Samantha. that up. I have that written down. Yes. Yeah, which so it's like a male version of Samantha. Yeah, which is why? cool. I don't know, <laughs> but why? I just like that. It well, we also have Bradward. I don't think that's a real name either. Bradward is hilarious, but <laughs> Samantha is just like. Oh, that, oh, why would you masculinize too. a feminine name? 
don't know. <laughs> but it doesn't matter. Equality. I don't know. Equ equality, sure, because men don't have enough equality. <laughs> <laughs> it's the 24th century. I don't know. Yeah. And uh, it's a show that he isn't afraid to have a fem feminine part of himself. Yes. There you go. And, I don't know. Yeah. So, and, and then He's his implant is. <laughs> His implant is updating again. So before he can yeah. even figure out what is going on, because he's like, I don't know what's going on here. I don't know what we're supposed like, to when be When we doing. get to the museum, I'm like, museum? Yeah. And he's just like, no. And like, is this, and this is the part where he shoves him out of the door oh, the, with a parachute. Yeah. And his, yeah. And I love no, that. No, that's, uh, that's later. Ellipse. The way. No, they, that's how they get there. They, no, you're right. You're thing. right. Yeah. That, I'm, and then I'm they dive out. And yeah. then Billups does this like really like elegant sort of dive, which is hilarious. Which is how you're supposed to go out of the plane when yes. you're skydiving. Yeah. So that much well, I and, do. And Shax just looks like he's attacking the air because that's Shax. That's Shax, yeah. Yeah. So you and... see this this big building complex kind of rushing up towards him and it updates again. And suddenly <laughs> it opens up and we're inside of a flight museum. Uh, and we have, we're going to, instead of doing each one of these individually, I'm just going to walk through them. We have a, a screenshot uh, of, of each one of them. Uh, so we have a D6 shuttle, not a yeah, type six shuttle. Sorry. Um, there, number two is the uh, Ferengi shuttle. Mm -hmm. uh, number three is the monolith from 2001, <laughs> a space odyssey. <laughs> because why not? I was like, is that really that? And I actually asked Dayton Ward and he says, yes, I believe that's what that's supposed to be. So I love, I love that it. that's a, an Easter egg from not even in our universe. Mm -hmm. um, number four is the uh, Jem'Hadar fighter. And uh, number five is the uh, Klingon D7. And both the, oh, sorry. And sorry, number six is the Work B, which is the little shuttlecraft from... Uh, the motion picture that lifts things and moves, you know, repairs mm -hmm. things, and yes, uh, which they have each uh, episode or each series of Star Trek has had kind of their own version of that in some way. Yes, um, except for maybe Voyager. I don't know, uh, but the D seven for me, I'm just like, wow, that D seven is way out of scale because it's very small <laughs> it's a model they're not going to be able they're not going to have an entire well, some of D7. these are models and some of them are actually like real that's the interesting well, yeah, thing but that's yeah. the thing you can put a shuttle in a building like this but you could yes. not build a building big enough to house a d7 so of that's course it's true. a model <laughs> uh and then we pan and we go to the other side and you have a classic type f shuttle from the original series like the galileo was yep. there is the t plana uh, planahoth starship from first contact or yes. at least a type of that you know where they uh come out and meet humans for the first time we mm -hmm. have underneath a classic klingon bird of prey from uh tos mm -hmm. and then there's a triangle with a green top to it that is either like an upside down Luxor or a <laughs> giant version of the video game that sits on the tables and 10 forward. Or I don't know. <laughs> it's like, that was it. I came up with that one. I'm like, Oh wait, that does sort of look like the Luxor too. I can't place it with anything. And I feel like they don't ever put anything in that is just random. 
Mm-hmm. They they put in stuff that is either very generic, you can tell it is generic, or it's specific. There's not just like, oh, we made this thing and it's, I don't know. So uh, somebody thought maybe it was the tip of uh, one of the Star Trek Online ships, but it would have to be like hanging on its side. And I don't know, that didn't feel right to me. No. So I'm sure this will come out and it will be like, oh, you know, duh. It was, of course it was that. Um, but right now my, my, uh, oh, the other thing is a Borg, uh, like there's a node in the middle of the hallway that looks like that. But I think that that would be not sized the right way. And it seems random to have that just in a flight museum. I don't know. I feel like I would have to go back and. Nope. <laughs> and Brandy is updating again. Nope. Oh, and she's back. You know exactly how he feels now. I do. I do. Except I'm conscious of what's happening while (laughs) I'm not visible to everyone else. (laughs) That actually happened to me during the week. Uh, My computer just decided to update on me in the Mm. middle of a project. It's like, you have 30 seconds. I'm like, what? So I'm saving everything. And uh, apparently I need to figure out how to turn off the automatic updates. I did that long ago, yes. Yeah, I thought I did, and I realized, oh, I did on my old computer. This is my new computer, and I have not mm-hmm. updated this one, so I need to do that. Yeah, you can you can find that setting under settings. <laughs> Thank you. <You're- laughs> oh. And another freeze. People listening to the audio are just going to have a lot of fun with this. Uh, so let me continue while uh, we wait for Brandy to return. Oh, and she's back. <laughs> Scanning. <laughs> That's what this feels like. Yep. Every time that I go out, it's because the Romulans are scanning. Yep. Uh, <laughs> so uh, we have Shaxx clambering up the uh, ladder to the uh, the bird of prey underside. <laughs> I'll let you take over from there. <laughs> and the guard comes over going, you've caught my attention. <laughs> <laughs> and and, the, and like, the guard who is wearing the security <laughs> officer uniform that was first introduced in the motion picture and then continued into like <laughs> see, uh, Star Trek three, at least, which mm-hmm. looks like an old fashioned, like 1940s football helmet with a very much Starfleet Delta on the forehead, which is like, that's where I feel like if this was ever going to be introduced in modern times, it would have been in discovery because it feels like it's branded like discovery puts a Delta on everything. Mm. So I think that's funny. Yeah, it's 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 very it's a very 70s, 80s sci-fi guard look. Mm-hmm. Very, very ball. Yeah. Yeah. All of those things. <laughs> so it's just... so yeah. So and this was also played by Ken Mitchell. This is yes. Ken Mitchell voice. So Indeed. yeah, and then he was like you said, uh he's a like, distract him with a fan dance <laughs> from as we call it, Star Trek V, the one we don't mention. Yep. There are <laughs> bits and pieces. of Star- Like, individually, there are scenes in Star Trek V that are, are nice. Cohesively, it is not good. It is. And, um, and the whole fan dance thing is just, that. that's just degrading. It, it, it is. It was, I you know, I was a teenager at the time. So I was becoming aware of how girls were treated very differently ah, and because yes. my parents never treated us differently as far as 
gendered toys and whatnot. If I wanted mm. a Tonka truck, I got a Tonka truck. If I wanted a Barbie, I got a Barbie. My dad taught us to play basketball and I sucked at it to the, I still <laughs> suck at it to this day. And, you know, things like that. I learned how to, I got really good at pool though. I was really good at pool because nice. my dad was good at pool. And the, the one time that I beat him on my own skill was really gratifying. But uh, yeah, I, I, when I saw this scene, I'm just like, why is it the woman that has to do this? Well, and then I got the guy you know, doing it this time. Agreed. That's what I love about yeah. the scene. It's like, thank you. Thank you for washing that terrible taste out of my mouth by having <laughs> Rutherford do the fan dance. Ooh, I could watch yeah. him all day. Feels good. Feels yeah, right. Feels right. <laughs> that was hilarious. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it was like, do the, like, the, not not that fan dance. Like, it's like do, do <laughs> I the, want like, the regular fan yeah, dance. Yeah, like, what, what regular fan dance? That's like, I want to know what that was. Yeah, what's this, the regular fan dance? There's That's this Federation hilarious. standard for Real fan, fan dance. dance. <laughs> I think we found our title, <laughs> Federation Standard Fan Dance. <laughs> It just—it makes no sense. That's uh, so funny. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, oh, and before I forget, the one before they dive off of the ship, the other thing that for me as a graphic designer, I cracked up. But it's like updating Klingon fonts. It's like what? Yes. Why do I even need that? And then, <laughs> yeah. But he has. Oh, no, that's now. actually no. That's when they come back. Never mind. I'm sorry. We haven't actually mm -hmm. got there yet. This yeah. is after they're in space. So. They do another reboot and mm -hmm. they are suddenly he's like, wait, how am I standing in space? <laughs> and then and, he stomps his foot and he's like, oh, cloak chip. Yeah, like, did I steal this? <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> no idea. And then he finds Billups and Billups is running out of oxygen. His eyes how are all happened. bloodshot. Yeah. And she, he's just meant saying nonsense. <laughs> Is this the part where he says, uh, watch out, yeah. Mark Twain has a gun? Yeah. How's a gun? Like, look out behind you, Tasha. Look, look out for the garbage bag behind you. <laughs> that was not right. <laughs> Tasha, there's a garbage bag behind you. <laughs> so funny. So, yeah, so we so have Mark funny. Twain from Times Arrow Part 2, who had a Colt 45, I think, uh, aimed at, at uh, the group. And I just love, mm -hmm. like, uh, Whoopi Goldberg when she was doing her her guy and just like eye roll like it's just yeah. dumb <laughs> like stupid Mark Twain mm -hmm. uh, and then when I I went back and watched part of that Skin of Evil because I always thought that Tasha sort of died in front of everybody like it was even more senseless because she was walking away she mm -hmm. was headed towards the shuttle to get Deanna and he just like turns around and like like I said it looks like a garbage bag and. Rah! and a very wet garbage bag. Yeah. Very and then when she falls, though, it looks like somebody, it was almost like it was animated. Like they drew on like the. Uh, the black spot on her the, face. The black spot. Yeah. It didn't look natural. It just looked like a sticker of a, like a graphical representation of a, of a splotch. You know, it, it reminded me of something you would see in the 70s in like a kid's television program yeah. with how they decorated yep. things with mm -hmm. really bright colors and weird shapes. It was very psychedelic. Yep. yep. So that's what it reminded me a of. A 60s coffee table, maybe even or something that like too. that. That too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. So, yep. So that was, I thought that was great though. I love these just random, like, so was he on the Enterprise? Does he know, like, you know, is this, was Billups there at one point? I don't know. I don't know. I want to know. <laughs> yeah. I want to know more about Billups, period. Just he's 
kind yeah. of just a he's just there voiced by our friend paul Shear. well not i know i yeah. don't know him personally no. but <laughs> i get a kick out of him friend of the improv community <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah so, and i i love this part because then you see this you see shacks saying come on come on <laughs> and so he grabs billups and he's trying to make it to that door and he keeps bumping in because it's invisible i my logical brain goes like it's on the bottom of a small of uh, a smooth hole what is he bumping into but yes that was very funny yeah it must have been like a little it's the corridor getting into the door or something like that yeah no that was yep. that was really funny yeah, and then oh, and he yeah, gets they back on. Yeah, yeah and the then we have the fonts. updating Klingon fonts. Um, so it's like, was... watch, watch out! That's set the control panel set too, and he just goes unconscious, <laughs> and that ship goes to warp. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then he wakes up again. <laughs> it's he is on Cestus three <laughs> at a Gorn wedding, and yet again we have more. <laughs> Uh, Vasquez rocks. <laughs> <laughs> yep, we sure do. Because why not? Oh, uh, my favorite part <sighs> is like so. The the it's like Gorn wedding, and then they all come after him. In the background, you see the shuttle is like just blown up and crashed. Um, and then the they all start attacking him, and so he's just like, "Ha, get me out of here!" Up or uh, get me out of here! Uh, implant, and, like double taps his thing, and then he's like, "Ha ha, Gorn!" And, like disappears. Goes updating. And it like it turns back on, and it's like he's in the exact same spot. It's like, what? Oh, I'm still <laughs> yeah, Gorn. Come on. <laughs> oh, but the Gorn so didn't funny. obviously didn't hurt him. So, no, they they might have uh, they might have taken a few bits of skin, but they, they didn't do anything fatal. Maybe it's a a wedding sort of thing. It's like you you gnaw on the guests or something. Well, uh, and I brought up this point before. Uh, maybe that's what you do to wedding crashers. That could be. Someone shows up that's not yep. supposed to be there. You get to have a taste. <laughs> I did like that the people in the Gorn wedding were videotaping or like taping the wedding. They had like their, their equivalent of like a video camera. <laughs> yes. I want someone to take the song White Wedding and rewrite it for Gorn Wedding. I would, <laughs> I really want that. <laughs> so much if hmm, i'll we'll, we'll we'll see if we can work on that <laughs> just stay tuned Maybe. we mm. have people who do these things mm. <laughs> yeah. yeah that was very funny um and then it, it switches back to clar it's like how did this become part of about a gorn wedding mm-hmm. patrick said that like, yeah and he's just, so, I'm just telling you what happened, man. Man, yeah. Damn, rude. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's held in contempt of eels. Yes. And then, oh, I love that he's lifted up and he's like, eels? It's like, well, aren't you paying attention? <laughs> yeah, it's just like, wait, eels? Yeah. So now we have uh, Mariner and Rutherford both suspended in the beam. Do we also have Boimler? No, he's not there. No, no, no. no. Boimler's last. Yeah. So, so we have Ten is next. So we have our we're getting bits and pieces of the same story from different people, which is kind of fun. So, well, th- that's the thing. We're not sure that these all fit together true. because they all take place at different times. Yes. But once we hear Tendi's story, we realize that this is yeah. all one story. <laughs> because at and one point, uh, uh, is like, hey, that's a ship from my story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
So do you want yeah. to uh, take the, the Tendi uh, plot line? Yeah, Tendi's story begins with being really excited to clean the conference room. And she's just squeeing about it to Mariner. And Mariner's just like, why do you care? It's just a conference room. And she's like, that's where they talk about the Borg. And when they talk about the Borg in there, it becomes a conference. Conference. <laughs> and, you know, she's just so excited. Oh, what should I wear? Yeah. Probably just my uniform. <laughs> just that level of excitement. And then yeah. she she takes all her stuff and is, is walking away. And Mariner's like, I never get to clean a conference room. <laughs> yeah, that was great. And, and Mariner did tell her it'll just be cleaning cat hair off the chairs. And uh, the next thing you see is <laughs> Tendy with the lint roller uh, cleaning that cat hair. And I, uh, I have experienced that in my own home. <laughs> same, same. We have a very furry cat. And he leaves fur on everything, especially when he's shedding in the spring. It's just like it's like when dogs shed you know when they drop their coats and right. it's just for everywhere like it's floating in the air Ooh. yeah that's how it is with our cat in the spring so yeah so she's I was not uh, allergic she's... to cats until i ended up being at home during the pandemic and i think i've been exposed to the cat so much like on a constant basis that i started like kind of getting a little bit allergic when she gets really close to me so i'm like mm. that was unfortunate but but yeah not not to the point where it's like i have to get rid of my cats because i would never do that anyway but yeah i i am yeah. slightly allergic to cats um the cat that we have now i i can kiss him on his head and he hates it but oh. if i pet him and then were to oh. rub my eyes or something mm -hmm. i i would go blind <laughs> okay Don't I do that. Go blind. but my eyes would well really bad and that is it, a, so. a crazy allergy <laughs> yeah but but as long as it's all just external then uh, yeah. i don't really have a problem so but uh yeah so tendy is in there cleaning and she's like oh this is the captain's chair and the door opens and ransom comes in with three other people who have black bars across their eyes so we can't identify them so we've got an andorian and what looks like a human and i'm not sure what the third one was uh there was andorian human and no i think i don't remember no in I any case yes yeah and they start uh talking about stuff and they they look at tenny and ransom says are you the cleaner and she's like yes and she's so excited <laughs> <laughs> that they recognize now here's here's the thing where's the actual cleaner Who yeah actual that was cleaner? one of the questions i had at the time I was like what did, did the person just show up like late or something like that or did they go to the wrong conference room? Or... We have two humans, uh, Dorian and uh, Ransom. Right. I went okay. Look. Okay, so, great. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> that was very important. <laughs> and this is this is where the fun bleeping starts. Yes. Oh, wait, before <laughs> she's also zoning out when yes. uh, he's talking about it. And I actually went back and listened for what he was saying, which was. I had to do it like nine times uh, and I wrote it down. That's not that file. There we go. Uh, so he said, uh, if you're captured, Starfleet will deny any involvement. They'll say we're an offshoot of the queue. Like, <laughs> your loved ones will never know the truth. If you're lucky, you'll be buried in an unmarked graves. That's why we all got these tattoos. <laughs> so the idea is that unmarked grave, I guess they would know the tattoos. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a so bizarre bad. story. 
this is so mission impossible. Yeah. You know, if yeah. if you're caught or killed, the secretary will disavow any knowledge of your so mission. You're the offshoot of the queue. Oh. Like, what? <laughs> that doesn't make sense. <laughs> that is so funny. Yeah. And Tindy has no idea that they are talking about something completely different. She's like, oh, this sounds important. I better listen. Yeah. Because she's so excited. It's like, I, cleaning the conference room is important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is, and so they uh, they basically t they take her and they go and they are on a Romulan bird of prey. Rom beep lens. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, they bleep some things and not others. Or they it says something, it bleeps, and then it says the rest of the thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's very funny. Yeah, that that was funny, but there were some things that they bleeped that I had no idea what words would actually yeah, have been yeah. there. I mean, there are some no. that are obvious to me, like cleaning the bleep out of the bleep filters. I know exactly yeah. what word was there, or you know, the uh, doctor Taana saying that if there was going to be a party, she'd have to say shave her bleep, and I knew exactly. <laughs> Unfortunately, uh, which cat. is funny. It's funny on more than one level. Yes, but yeah. So uh, Tindy's like, I really should tell you guys. Um, I think there's been a misunderstanding. Hey, they're scanning. Quiet. <laughs> Just and she that keeps was for trying. Me the, to yes, that was the bit that went on too long for me. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, it's funny. Yeah, it's not that funny. It's continually well, getting less funny. I I thought it was funny because for it me. wasn't just one ship. It was like, first of all, it's one ship. Then it's, yeah. there's a second ship. Then there's a third ship. Then there's yeah. a fourth ship. And there's this little cloaked vessel in the middle of all of them. They're just all converging on it. Well, and the fact that it's like an old, old vessel, it would just, they should have been discovered like that too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe so, they upgraded the cloak. Yeah. So. And I've heard, I think it was, I believe it might have been Dan who even mentioned this, that, uh, that there's a theory that it's the, the ship that you see in Picard that it got mm -hmm. abandoned there and found a yes. few years later. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, yep. that, I, I'll put that into my head canon. I like that. That was definitely Dan. And I agree with that completely. That's in my head canon. It works. For and me. the uh, Borg cube that's in the opening of the show could be the Borg cube that they have discovered because it was being shot at by only Romulans. And it's mm -hmm. just like, and in Voyager, they mention a board cube related to that that would have been around the same time so it's like i think that that is also the same cube so i like these little canon connections even if they didn't plan on it it's like you can kind yes. of put that together which is nice so yeah yes so yeah so they she never gets a chance to say that she's not supposed to be there yep next thing you know they're on some they're in on romulus they're on romulus yeah. <laughs> they're on and the romulan, romulan guards are like uh that's like remans do you like, yeah, it's like, like you know who i hate what remans oh, yes they're the worst <laughs> <laughs> and i think that was ken talking to himself <laughs> i think you were right because they sounded very similar yeah so that is uh the remans are the uh other the offshoot of romulans um who lived on was a moon i can't remember exactly where it was in star trek nemesis basically they're they're dwell in dark Places, well, mostly. that wasn't why they wanted that. That I mean, that's how they evolved was because oh, exactly. where they where it was habitable, it was always dark. Yeah. So that's why yeah. they sort of 
I guess I wouldn't say mutated per se, because it wasn't really a mutation. It's an evolution. Quickly evolved. Yeah. yeah. Or we don't know how quickly actually, but yeah. Yeah. Oh, it could have taken thousands of years. Because so. when you think about like, they're also then related to Vulcans. So it's sort of mm -hmm. this weird Vulcans, Romulans and Remans. Well, they still have the pointy ears. Yep. So yep. in any case, uh, yeah, so uh, Ransom says they're going to maintain calm silence from that point on. And he uh, says, okay, we're going to go and get the package. And then, you know, and he says to Tendi, watch our six. Six what? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and they just go through the store and you hear a commotion. She's just standing there. You hear a commotion and they come running back out and they're like, do your thing. She's like, what's my thing? I don't know what my thing is. And then she just beats the crap out of all of these guards. Just takes them all down. Which, and, yeah. And Ransom's just like, he, and there's like, wasn't she just supposed to beam us out? And Ransom's like, <laughs> yeah, I have no idea what she's doing. This is crazy. <laughs> well, she definitely and, earns his respect. That's what's cool about it. It's like, yep. He, she'd be the go-to person now if they needed kind of, a, it feels like it's also a, it's reflecting a little bit of uh, the lower decks episode from TNG. There's bits and pieces of it. They don't know the full story. Mm -hmm. You've got Cedo Jackson who is, you know, ends up being basically Tendi and that kind of thing. And without the horrible consequences. Yeah. 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 Uh, so, <laughs> so they managed to get back on the ship and they uh, escape without the, uh, Ramu beep, Len counts, high council knowing they were ever there. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, and then she just is like, mm, okay. <laughs> <laughs> they just put the beeps in just the right, right places. Oh, we have a frozen brandy again. This is a recurring. Oh, there she's back again. They were scanning. They're scanning. Scanning. Oh, God, they're scanning again. <laughs> Yeah, there there is a point where she, yeah, she uh, she does at one point leave those leaves. Yeah, she says she has to leave things out because it was classified. And Clara right. does say, "Are you telling me that you'd rather risk death by eels than divulge the details or whatever?" And that's when she does the, "Yes, that's correct." <laughs> and then he's like, "Continue." Yeah, I love it at the end where he's just like, as like. You expect me to like no? It's like you didn't. You didn't actually, you know, beat up a whole contingent of Romulans. Like you're I, right. I, I didn't. didn't. And then a little wink. <laughs> like, yeah. I thought I knew these these lines by heart a little bit more than I do. I know I'm messing them up, but that's okay. The, the, I've only seen it three times, so there. I don't have it down yet. Fully. I think I saw it twice. So yeah, this is the one yeah. time that I didn't get get a ton of time to watch it. I was actually like taking screenshots along the way. So I was paying more attention to that than I should have with the, the specific dialogue. But Yeah, but there's so much to see. Oh, but yeah. And, and then there are things that I do remember the whole drinking wine and hanging out in vineyards and soul food restaurants. <laughs> Those lines. Yeah. Uh, Updating yeah. Klingon fonts. <laughs> <laughs> what? Why? Uh, <laughs> why do I need this? <laughs> Oh, poor Rutherford. <laughs> he's just kind of happy-go-lucky, even though, you know, he went through all that. He's just like, hey, yeah, yeah. great. Uh, when they, it's like, you know, do it, do it now. It's like, okie dokie. <laughs> that was like, you're asking for it, okay. 
Uh, yeah. Then she, you know, they they have the successful mission, and uh, Ransom tells her, you know, you were amazing. Too bad we can never talk about this again. Yeah. And he leaves, and then she just goes back to cleaning, and she goes, "This is where Philip sits." You expect us to believe that? It's like no, that, that that's, that's where Philip sits. sits. <laughs> I like Clark. I love the fact that he's just getting so more and more frustrated as time goes. You can just tell he's like, I'm going to lose it. <laughs> and that's yeah, when we had just, Boimler. Yeah. Boimler. Boimler jumps in. Well, you know, Tindy gets yeah. put in with the eels as well. I mean, yeah, they yeah. dip them all in the eels. Right. And he, he even says, this burners. thing didn't have to end in eels. Yes, that is my new, like, I put that on my Facebook page. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's going to be my go-to for when I'm just yeah. having a bad day. This day mm-hmm. didn't have to end in eels. <laughs> like, burners and eels? Like, isn't that redundant? Because <laughs> there's like, and then Tendy's like, I think you're hurting the eels. <laughs> the heat is like burning the eels at the bottom of the tank. Yeah, uh, that would not be good for the eels. Yeah, so this is when Boimler like basically throws himself on the line to to save mm-hmm. them and the crew. So at this point, he believes that um, that this is still a trial, and that he's 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 going to vindicate them by like the fact that no, we don't always know what's going on. Do you know? Are the you know our captains make mistakes? Mm-hmm. And I, is this where the, they did the Borg? The, they f- started with that with the the three things with the TAS yes. reference. Okay, yes. So yeah, so it's like you know, did Kirk? No, did, Kirk, did, did Picard know about the Borg? Did Kirk know about the giant Spock on Phylos? <laughs> D- yeah, yeah. And uh, and and did Doctor Crusher know about that ghost and the that Scottish that lamp thingy? Planet? Yeah, <laughs> on that Scottish planet that yeah. she hooked up with <laughs> that one time. <laughs> uh so yeah no i i was excited they mentioned spock but it was it, for me and it wasn't like it derailed me from the entire episode it's weird because like did picard know about the borg no did dr crusher know about the candle no, no. did kirk know about giant spock yes he yes. was literally there when he was created so mm-hmm. i think if they had just tweaked that it's like you know was he expecting a giant Spock? No. No. Like that could have been. I that's don't know. probably, I think that's what he meant. It probably what he meant. But yeah, for me, it was just, I got hung up did on that one Kirk word. No, they were going to make a giant Spock. No. Yeah. That was, that. yeah. No, he did not. Yeah. Which means there's still a giant Spock in theory. Uh, I would agree with that because Vulcans so. have longer lives than humans. So. Well, and at this point, I think that prime Spock was still alive in the alternate universe. Yep. So. Or maybe he was no, he wasn't even in the alternate universe yet. Regular Spock is still around because yep, the sun hasn't Spock's blown up. And, yeah, not yet. So, Sun's not going over yet. Yep. So, so both of them should be around. So their backup Spock is still there. Mm-hmm. He's just larger than you know. Just it's just fifty feet yeah. or so. If he's I, this is one of those things that I would only do probably, but I want to at some point sit down and be like, okay, I've got these screenshots. This is how tall Kirk is. How high is that actual Spock? Is it 50, 60, 20? You know, like what feet is the thing? So I'm going to, I'm going to do that at some point. I want to know. <laughs> That's just me. Yeah, like, <laughs> I want to know why? the scale. I, don't know. I should have put it in the book, right? but yeah, <laughs> I don't think they ever say his size. I think people just yeah. say 50 foot Spock because it, because they think of the attack it, of the 50 foot woman. Yeah. So they just assume and that it's it obviously not 50 feet on the poster of the 50 foot no. woman. She's just like no, gigantic no. there. Mm-hmm. So, 
but yeah so i thought that was uh i love the callback that was great so now that that's even more canon than it was before yeah so, and, and the whole thing sub anything that references sub rosa i mean we've, you know, <laughs> wow they they but reference they... two things in one episode that just makes all of us females go yeah. <laughs> <Ugh>. <laughs> i imagine it made the people who read it like the acted it out probably do the same thing agree yeah and then it turned like i'm not going to go into the whole thing about sub rosa but there's also almost like what the the her grandmother becomes like a zombie essentially like comes out of the grave and just like what it was very weird i don't remember that I even ignoring the gross part it's just it was not well done period just also it a... looked like it was on a sound stage yeah i was... uh i don't rewatch that episode ever <laughs> I think I've seen it a couple times, but mostly because we would watch and talk about it because it's as bad as it is. <laughs> yeah. No, I have watched it twice in my life. Once when it first aired and once in a rewatch a few years ago. And after that, I decided, no, I'm not ever watching that again. Just like I'm not ever watching Aquiel again. Um, oh. <laughs> just like I'm going to pretend that Best of Both Worlds is just one part. And then I'll make up how that really concluded. And <laughs> There's a the warp zone has a song about Star Wars and it's like you know it's like they sing about the the Empire Strikes or the Star Wars Empire Strikes Back and and Return of the Jedi and there's like and that's everything that happened in Star Wars you know there, there's that's all the Star Wars there was this was before uh, the last three movies came out it's like don't look any further into it <laughs> it's basically it's like nope there's just these three movies and then the new one will start there is an okay I'm gonna make a vague reference. Anyone who's watched Chuck will understand this, but in season five of Chuck, okay, so the thing with Chuck is that he has a basically a computer database in his brain and certain seeing certain things, hearing certain things, even smelling certain things can trigger a response where he accesses a file that he needs in order to take care of the situation at hand. Um, right. Anyway, so in season five, that accidentally got put into his friend Morgan the thing is, is that it was a flawed version of the intersect. And every time Morgan used it, he started losing memories. Oh no! And he forgot what Star Wars was. He had never heard of Star Wars, had never seen Star Wars. And um, Adam Baldwin was also on the show playing this, you know, tough as nails. Right. Badass named uh, uh, not I, I can't remember his name. Shaxx. <laughs> yes. Playing Shaxx, basically. Yeah. And uh, and uh, he says, is, should I look up Star Wars? Should I watch that? And uh, he says, yeah, yeah. And he says, how many movies are there? Three. There's only three. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Did you imagine, though, getting to watch it all again for like the first time? Yeah. Yep. On the other hand, it could Casey. be bad if you're like, this is Casey dumb. is no. his name. John Casey. Casey. Yes. Not Casey. his real name. No. Because and, he uh, had to change his name. Um. What's his name? Uh, Doctor Flox. The his wife is Benita uh, Federici. But yeah, she uh, Benita Federici played General uh, Beckman. Thank you. Who yes. we didn't see her legs for a very long time. She was just a head on a screen. So yeah, at one point we see her walking, like, "Hey, yeah. she's walking." Oh, he he actually gets to meet her in person in season five as well. But uh, she's delightful, and yes. I, in fact, I have named all of my electronic devices after Chuck characters. But anyway. That's nice. 
It's my favorite non-Trek show. I need to finish up Trek, but uh, Trek, uh, <laughs> that would be weird. I need to finish up Chuck, but I actually worked on the viral campaign for the beginning of Chuck. I did the, uh, um, what is it? Something, I can't remember the name of it now, but it was just sort of like, uh, it was Chuck's desktop. And I put like a poster in the background. So I basically I did this like cool kind of like built up his room and we had these fake emails and I was the first one to put him in Comic-Con. And so later they said they took that idea and they built the the picture of him at Comic-Con with, uh, well, I can't remember what the picture was, but I think it was him with the- uh, Sarah. Sarah, yeah, what's it? Yeah, well, she was in the, the, was the just Leia, Leia bikini. Talking. Yeah, yeah. So they apparently took that from the email chain that we had created in the in the thing. So that was kind of cool. <laughs> so yeah, I, I I watch it to a point, and then I think because it was work related, it just became like I, I have to watch it, and I was like I just drifted away from it. Sort of the it's same a, way with the with the Walking Dead because I worked on the Walking Dead site. Yeah, I I never actually liked the Walking Dead. I watched the first two episodes, and when I in the second episode, I saw people who didn't have complete makeup and you could see the pink on the back of their oh. necks in certain shots. I'm just like, I'm out. I did not see that. I'm out. So plus so. all the, the thing with, with uh, decaying bodies, first thing to go, the eyes. Yeah. So having zombies with regular eyes. <laughs> no. Yeah. There's a whole lot of like, that doesn't make any sense. Like by season two, they all should have disintegrated. Mm -hmm. very latest but yeah anyway. but anyway it this yes. is not about what i think of walking dead or chuck <laughs> this is about that's Star a whole trek. different podcast join us for yes. walking join us chuck. <laughs> <laughs> hey it has a trek connection scott back played his dad there you go yeah <laughs> i always wanted him to say like oh boy or something no he did say he that did. didn't he, he yes did. yeah he yep. absolutely did. You know, we have a lot of Trek connections in that, probably. I'm sure if you go back oh, and look. Yes. Oh, yes. There so, maybe we'll do a Star Chuck Trek. podcast. That would be fun. Ooh. Okay. Well, <laughs> it will be like Mission Log where we create all these podcasts that we'll, we'll, we'll be able to do into like 2035 or something. Right. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. When um, my schedule clears up, I'll let you know. <laughs> <laughs> so we probably should get back to this and then wrap up the episode. Sorry. Sorry. No, no, no. Sorry. Okay. I'm just the thinking it's like, again. It was my Looking fault. at the time. Uh, so... There is a, a brief there's uh he continues to talk about how the main crew doesn't always know what they're doing. They have uh, a big thing with uh, have a thing with um ransom dating assault, assault monster vampire. Assault, assault vampire. Yes. So it's just our second reference to a uh, M13 creature. Mm -hmm. uh, and then <laughs> the one that we were talking about earlier, uh, Dr. Tana is walks on the bridge and she's 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 like people it's like I, they were in a parallel universe or something like people say they don't know who i am and they pan and everybody is sort of a version of the cerritos crew but you know the the captain's a man uh shax is a a woman of some kind <laughs> look like uh we had like really nice rouge and, and lipstick we had uh boimler who was had wings and uh, bug mm -hmm. eyes and was flying mm -hmm. and uh mariner who also had kind of like bug eyes um he's like what it, it, they were just like, like they it was great is that they were all doing their voices the people who do those so they the captain was playing a man's voice um mm -hmm. and what did you say? Something like the fact it was like, did you get on the wrong ship? She's like, they all look the same. It was the USS Alhambra. 
Yeah, she does say bleep. They all look the yeah. same. Oh yeah, I I, I censored myself. <laughs> and then she when she's leaving, she's yes. getting in the turbo lift, and the actual doctor comes on, and it's like a ginger because you know she's a she's yeah. an orange tabby, and it's like who the bleep was that? And he has the uh, mustache and everything, it just makes him look like a a human male version of of her. Yeah. So yeah, that was great. Um, so, you know, basically like, Hey, and, and that's when he's just like, you, you expect me to believe that they just didn't know any of this. And it's like, no, it's like, they're not perfect. And, and, but he, he talks about how they do the best they can and, and it all builds up to this big moment. And then he walks <laughs> like, and he throws down the horn. It's like drum head, <laughs> just the reference to, uh, Oh, and we're frozen again. And, and you're back scanning. Yeah. Scanning again. Yes, drumhead, drumhead, yes. actual drumhead. episode, which is yeah. hilarious. That, he that I don't know. Like, did they actually say drumhead in drumhead? I don't recall. It's been a while since I've yeah. watched it. It's, yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting episode. And I remember, like, that actor that played Simon Tarsis, I have, yes. every time I've seen him in other things, I'm like, hey, it's that guy who has a Romulan grandpa. <laughs> I saw him in a play in Los Angeles. So that was fun. Like, and he was doing, he, he had like some makeup where he was supposed to be like a seventies talk show host kind of a thing. And so I'm listening and I was just like, I know this person. Where do I know this person from? And then he sits down and does sort of like, almost like he's being, you know, he's interviewing somebody. So I'm like, Oh, drumhead because he was like in the same pose and everything. And we've also lost Brandy again. I apologize in the audience for these fun. Um, oh, yes. He was also in the uh, Voyager episode Flesh and Blood. So, oh, and she's back. That was a really long scan. Yeah. Really long. I just filled people in on, on how I discovered that it was actually him that uh, he sat down and, and did like the, he just basically looked at who was in the same chair from Drumhead. I'm like, oh, it's that guy. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, and, and as Patrick mentioned, he also played uh, another character. He was the um, in, flesh, in Flesh and Blood. I haven't gotten to that point yet in my Voyager rewatch. Ah. I'm about two thirds of the way through season two. Okay. Oh, you're doing it along with um, the Delta Flyers? With the Delta Flyers. I'm way ahead of them right now. Oh, that's because, good. Because, you know, there was a week where I was sick. And so all I did was lay in bed and watch Voyager. <laughs> Just like, oh, well, yeah, I'll just let it roll into the next one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, should we tell people where they can find us and yes. uh, put the story to bed? Uh, but yeah. Real quick, the um, story-wise, like we were saying before, it was kind of more of a light episode, not a ton of things. But I think if you took anything out of it, it was, you know, don't make assumptions. Mm -hmm. Well, there's... yeah, they had context clues that anyone would look at i mean like any normal person would look at yeah. and say oh this is a trial because the way oh, yeah we didn't say what it was actually it, yeah, it turns it out party. it's not a trial it's a birthday party not a birthday party it's it's a celebration party because clark was actually the package in the story he was he was kidnapped by romulans and kept for a year which no one knows why um and they rescued him and so this was a celebration to etch the story onto their their historical their their stone tablets on the wall and uh into as a celebration and he just he just starts saying, you ruined my party you ruined my party you ruined my party over and over again as they're taking mariner away it's like but 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 
So, and then yeah. uh, the captain says that she's going to be more forthcoming in the future about things that happened. And then as they ask their questions that she won't answer any of them. It's like, oh, yeah. Captain Clarity. <laughs> so. Well, and that's the thing is that he's, Boimler is saying, yeah, but why this? And why this? And why this? And these are all of the things that, a, you know, a, a trolley fan would start asking about. <laughs> why isn't the Enterprise doing this? And why, and why, like, why did the Vulcans have the bird of prey to begin with? And why didn't they just let us borrow it? <laughs> yeah, why didn't you just ask to borrow it? And why was Clark captured? And why was he with them? hearing all of these things that she just finally says it's classified dismissed i said dismissed <laughs> i also love it's like you know you you deserve recommendation yeah I you deserve a recommendation <laughs> i guess and everybody's just like half-heartedly <laughs> clapping uh, so yeah so that was that was a a super fun episode tons of of easter eggs and just I just liked it because it was it was just a ride. Yes. And yes. I know that some people are kind of like, oh, it didn't turn out to be what it was supposed to. Like that's becoming a theme of you expect one thing and it turns out to be another, that that might be coming like a, a trope of lower decks. But I didn't have that problem with this episode. I wouldn't call it a trope. I would call it subverting our own expectations there because we had expectations that yes. they were in a trial. Because we had the same expectations they did, because based on all of the clues that we are used to from mm -hmm. seeing, like literally showing those side by side pictures of the uh, the Klingon court in um, Star Trek Six and this <laughs> the celebration hall. Yes, yeah. uh, I I do like when Philip said, "I for one am very honored to be in this beam." Shut up, Phillips. Phillips, <laughs> yeah, that was great. Yeah. Telling your commanding officer shut up is something interesting, but yeah. And then and then Q showing up at the end and oh, yeah. like, no, no, I do not have time for this. No more random stuff today. And he's like, there, well, we didn't on, even talk Mariner. about the middle. <laughs> Q showed up and put them into uh costumes of chess pieces. They're on a football field, and then a soccer ball comes out, and then the soccer ball comes to life and says, It's puzzle time, it's puzzle time. And that just shows how annoying Q is. So, uh, Brandy, tell us where you we can find you. Oh, well, we can find you frozen. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to fill in. You can follow Brandy on Twitter at Brandywine12 and Instagram at BrandyJacola. She has 14 million podcasts that she does, which she will tell you about if she comes back. Uh, so in the meantime, I'll tell you where you can find me. You can find me at Geek Filter on Instagram and Twitter. And if you are listening to this on Tuesday, you can probably go back and watch it. I'm going to be in the uh, Improvised Generation Starfleet Virtual Cocktail Party tomorrow, Sunday, the 27th from 3 to 6 p.m. And there is a ton of people that you will know from Star Trek. We have, speaking of John Billingsley from before, uh, so Dr. Phlox, Mary Shifo, who played Laurel in Discovery, Dan Curry, who is special effects guy extraordinaire. He did the my favorite opening of any Star Trek uh, Voyager. Uh, <clears throat> we have Aaron, uh, Chase Masterson, Erin uh, McDonald, who is in our chat room. She is a fantastic scientist. I don't know why I use the word fantastic. Anyway, uh, Sir Lofton, who's actually going to be on our podcast panel, along with Jesse Gender, 
and there's just a ton of people uh so check it out and if you uh want to see it live great and if you are coming back after the fact i'll find out but i think it's going to be archived so that's tomorrow sunday the 27th from 3 to 6 p.m and uh on twitch.tv slash outpost 13 and oh i guess i am the only one so i'm going to close out the show and i will say goodbye for brandy and everyone live long and prosper infinite trek is a production of coconut media works executive producers bill smith and dan davidson for more great star trek discussion discover the other shows of the trek geeks podcast network at trekgeeks.com or find us in apple podcasts spotify or your favorite podcast app